Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker and listen with a sparkle in your eye, as though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek! Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of So I Married a Movie Geek. In this edition we are discussing the Thomas Crown Affair. I am your host Chrissy McQueen and you are... Is this thing on? Testing, yes. testing. It's is on. This on. Is this on? What's your name? Oh, I was just saying. I mean, we already reviewed this movie. This movie once, but there was some mechanical error in the computer. Um, it was Ghost, but it didn't record. You're right, nameless person. What's your name? <laughs> My name's Justin. Hi, I'm a Cancer, and I like uh, butter pecan ice cream. You like butter pecan ice cream. Just wanted to say it really quietly. Because you make fun of how loud I say things. Uh, you do sometimes, it's true, but that's a part of your charm. Oh, good. So, back to our movie. Yeah, what did you think of Tom's Crown Affair? Well, let's discuss first what we saw. We saw the 1968 version, uh, yes. as opposed to the Pierce Brosnan, Rene Russo version. Yeah. Uh, this version starred Steve McQueen. Hello, namesake. He's a hottie. He is a hottie. Yes. As was uh, Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway was very beautiful in this film. Uh, it was like a year after Bonnie and Clyde, a movie that I like more than this, but I, I still like her. Um, I didn't buy the relationship between Steve McQueen and uh, Faye Dunaway as much as you did. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold the phone. What? You're telling me that you didn't buy their relationship? What was there not to buy? There I was tension. There was chemistry. There was... Uh, a gameplay going on. Uh, literally, they played chess. Literally and figuratively. They played chess, and they did. The uh, it was a like five minute long scene with like rapid fire, cutting and camera work. And it wasn't so much rapid cutting and and fight. Did you say firework? Fireworks. <laughs> no, I said camera work. Oh, camera work. I don't know why I was thinking firework in my Dude, head. Dude, if there had been fireworks in that scene, <laughs> that might have been the best scene of all time. I would nominate that scene for best picture. Just it. <laughs> <laughs> but that was pretty good. You have to admit. Come on. With with his eyes, those blue, blue eyes, and her lips the way she... I just she... started laughing because I thought it was ho hokey after a while. I don't understand why you would think it was hokey, of all things. Why hokey? I don't know. What was it, hokey about it? Just the way, it, you know. Did they, like, go make some apple pie? <laughs> no. Just the way it was. Fireworks would have been hokey. <laughs> Fireworks would have been awesome. <laughs> Fireworks would have been a little bit hokey because it would have been like, and let's bring this out a little bit more and show the chemistry with fireworks. And I'm discuss this once more. Uh, in one of the Awesome Powers movies, I think it was the second one, okay. they did a takeoff of the scene and it was also, you know, f intentionally funny instead of unintentionally funny as I, you know, started laughing at it after a while. But this wasn't even unintentionally funny. Uh, about, I want to say it was five or six years ago, I took a class with Kim at Park College that was a six-unit monster that was called Half Human Sexuality and Half Film. Yes, you had a professor that said it was like the best scene ever, so therefore it has no, to be no, the best No, 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 I didn't say that she said it was the best scene ever. She Romantic. said one day, 
Right. She like she was this butch looking woman, and one day she just kind of waddled up to the stage. Can you tell I didn't like her? And she's like, "Today we're gonna watch a scene from the Thomas Crowder fam." <laughs> she sounds like an authority in these matters. <laughs> I believe her, whatever she says. That's usually the case in like a human sexuality class. The person teaching it is usually the most unsexy person. That happened to be at CSUN too. I took another human sexuality class and the guy who taught it literally had like elephantitis of the leg and he had a cane and he sat down the whole time and was like, I can't feel oh my, my legs. Or like, <laughs> Ironically, are both- all of Batman's villains <laughs> teaching your classes? Ironically, I took both of these sex classes with Kim. Elephantitis so she, leg man. Kim can attest to this. Both of our human sexuality teachers were not sexy to look at. They were not. At all. <laughs> is, that was, you, is that what you expect? Is sexy to look at teachers? Well, if they're teaching human sexuality, no. I mean, it wouldn't hurt if they looked like Steve McQueen. Well, I guess, you know, those people are busy having sex if they're attractive and they're, you know... <laughs> They have their doctorate in sexuality, so it just leaves the uglies behind to teach the younger ones. To sit with the, the cane on their desk and be like, I can't feel my legs. Look at this scene. It's the best ever. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing chess, literally, and in their minds, because they love each other. But she wasn't even like that. She was just like, we're going to watch the jump your bones, affair. pretty much. And you're going to like it. Gonna like it. And I was like, Look at okay. my leg. It's got elephantitis. No, that's the CSUN guy. Oh. <laughs> the, the, the Warpark College woman was the one who didn't want me to eat in class. And when I told her I was hypoglycemic, she was like, well, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm Did you sure. end up talking about it? No. I turned to Kim and oh. I was like, she is a beep. You ruined her life. And Kim's like, Sh- you're going to get us in trouble. And I was like, I don't care. She's a beep. And I was very, very indignant. You called her a beep? I did. I called her some heinous things that I can't oh. repeat on this podcast. Wow. I'm not nice when I don't like you. So what else did you like about the movie? Well, their underlying uh, tension and chemistry was a predominant theme. So you would but- give it a 10 on a hotness scale? Oh, no, absolutely not. Okay, what would you give it? A 7. Okay. Uh... I did like the also, and I said this when we very first started watching. And you got mad at me because I said a, a five or six. No, 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 no. We're talking about apples and oranges here. You were saying you were going to give it two and a half stars out of five, which is unfair. No, we're, we're talking about the uh, the film. I, yes, we are talking talk- about the film. No, we're talking about two different things. I was we were talking about the hotness scale between the two, and then now we're talking about total stars or whatever for the whole movie. Meh. Okay. I said I w- it was like a meh for me, you know. It was I, I'm not an extreme, you know, proponent or lover of the film, and I don't hate it. It's just like eh. What the I whole film it, or the chemistry? The best thing about the movie is are are them. They're they're good, but they don't have a lot to work with. There's not much of a script here, you know. There's a story that I think is prime for a good script, and like I said when I told you that I like the remake. With Pierce Brosnan and Renee Russo, better than this one, you know. I'm not saying it's the best movie of all time, but if we're comparing the two, I just liked it better because it had a better script. It was snappier. The dialogue was better. Okay, um, but well, well, let me let me draw you um, an analogy here. This is like 
when we uh, earlier when I, when I talked about this before our technical difficulties led to the first podcast being deleted or never ghosts. recorded ghosts yes ghosts was <laughs> and the glaven was whether or not this was a dark Dogs night and cats living together what, what? never mind <laughs> whether this was a dark night sort of movie or an oceans 11 sort of movie and the bo- Why are we comparing it to those two? No, I'm just saying because you were saying it wasn't snappy enough, there wasn't enough dialogue, and I'm saying let's let's pay, let's look at these two other films for a moment because uh, Ocean's Eleven didn't have that snappy dialogue and that rapid fire, uh, you know, keep you glued on the edge of your seat sort of drama, but it really worked. It was such a visual story, it's and, even, it, it's, and it it's not even that Thomas Crawford didn't have snappy dialogue; it just didn't have dialogue at all. The movie was what ninety like ninety minutes, ninety six minutes. It had like it had like thirty minutes of script. And how would you have improved upon that? Written more. <laughs> just give them more. Well, why? If it's just extraneous fluff. It's not extraneous at all. I told you it has thirty minutes of script for a ninety minute movie. Really? Because I just asked you what would you do, and you said write more. No, I said I would write a longer script. Right. And what? Why add more when there doesn't need to be more? I don't think. Yes, it was a minimalist script, but I don't think that anything was missing as far as the script was concerned. It didn't need to be this snappy, snappy dialogue movie. It had an Ocean's Eleven vibe to it. Ocean's Eleven had a script. Yes, it did. And a lot of scripts. So did this. They were talking throughout the movie. They talked throughout this too. It was a very straightforward forward plot. Thomas Crown was bored, needed a challenge, and he was greedy. And this, the bank heist was his challenge, and an even bigger challenge ended up being being Vicky, the the one that he didn't see coming. Uh huh. Okay. There's the ten second plot summary, but that doesn't mean that there's a, you know. But that's what it was. It was full, just very straightforward. Full complete script, you know, worthy of vaunting this film to four or five stars for me. I didn't say I would give it four or five stars. I said I'd give it three and a half. Okay, well, we, we're we like... <laughs> that's one point, a difference. You said you give it three and a half. I said I give it two and a half. That's so. a big difference. Oh, wow. The director was Norman Jewison. I like Norman Jewison. I like uh, Moonstruck. 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 And I liked Fist. Yeah, I never saw Moonstruck. Did you see Fist? No, I never even heard of Fist. It's not a porn. It's not a porn? Starring <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Okay, what accent is this now? I don't know. I kind of turned it Can into... Can you show me a Haitian accent while you're at it? I'm horrible at Haitian accents. Go ahead and try. You know, you go ahead. Oh, I, I you know... Well, we're off talk here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else were we talking about? Tom's uh, kind of fair. Oh, you loved uh, Faye Dunaway's hair in this. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay, well, I'm a big fan of 60s hair in general. I gotta say, like, the bouffant will never go out of style. I am a proponent of the bump it, unless it's taking out Jackie's eye. That being said, I, I mean, I know she wore wigs, or they called them falls back then, but still, there was so much hair, and she had it up in such intricate little twisty ways in every scene throughout this movie that I was like, how did she do that? How did they do her hair like that? I would have to wear like six wigs, six like Tyra Banks level wigs to get my hair to do that. I didn't really notice it that much. I was too busy staring into his eyes. Oh, so so sexy. Deep ocean blue eyes. I am obsessed with those big blue eyes. They weren't even You've big. You've seen Bullet, right? No. You haven't seen Bullet? I haven't seen Bullet. Ugh. Much better, much better movie than this. It, 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 we might have to come back and add an addendum to this because you'd be like, 
oh, I was totally wrong. This is this, you know, he's much better in bullet than this. Addendum is one of those words that although I love, I always feel like I'm gonna mispronounce it, much like peripheral. It sounds like a body part. It like, does kind of sound like a I body part. Torn, I just tore my addendum. Oh, my addendum! Oh, my spleen! Oh, my skin! I've fallen and I can't find my addendum. <laughs> yes. No? Um, what else? What else we need to talk about? The ending? Oh, the ending. <laughs> Out of nowhere? I don't think it was out of nowhere. Yeah, it was pretty predictable, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was But they did kind of leave it open to interpretation at the end as to whether or not they would, you know, find their way back to each other or whether or not their relationship was officially alienated based on the circumstances. But we don't want to give away the ending in case people haven't seen it. And now they're going to see it because we've been discussing it. <laughs> I definitely, yeah. I mean, oh, his laugh! Let's talk about Steve McQueen's laugh! Oh, he has like one of the great movie laughs of all time. Oh my god. I didn't even know what he was laughing at during one scene because I was an old woman curling my hair. Yes, I'm no, he would like He would like laugh and then he would like, or he would find his laugh funny and laugh at his laugh before that. And it would just be maniacal and it would never end. For like a whole scene. Well, there was one of laughter. Yeah, there was one scene where he just laughed and then stopped and then laughed again and then stopped. And he did this a few times, and I started laughing without even really knowing what he was laughing at because I had tuned out for a second. And it's like one of my favorite things about the movie was his laughing. Yeah, I give it a star just for the laughter scenes because <laughs> laughter, you know, makes you laugh. And I agree. How did he die again? I forgot. Was it cancer? Oh, it was something really nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Like he Ugh. went to Mexico, Mexico. What a Debbie chicken. Downer of an ending this podcast has become. Who goes to Mexico for an experimental treatment, by the way? Who does that? Healthcare sucks, man. Healthcare does suck. But who thinks, gee, I'm dying. Where shall I go for experimental medical centers and concerns? Should it be Switzerland or Mexico? Um... I plead the fifth on this one. I'm not going to denigrate either of those populations. <laughs> I, no, I didn't say a word about the populations. I'm talking about the medical care. Oh, I'm not an expert in experimental <laughs> surgeries either. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I Obviously, it didn't work out for him, so I think I'm right. I don't know much about his personal life besides his, you know, a couple of great movies. That... He had a lot of marriages. He did? He did. Good for him. What I'm do sure you, he was oh, a heartbreaker. Oh, oh. What do you mean, good for him? Well, you want to have more marriages? No, I'm not Steve McQueen, obviously. <laughs> oh, man. No, he's, I mean, he had that movie star thing going on, like similarly how George Clooney, you know, Brad Pitt, those guys have going on. Oh, my mom, my mom calls it Bondit. Bondit? Bondit. It's like, I think she would spell B-O-N-D-I-T. It's a French term. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my grandmother, my mom's mom, is uh, from Paris and moved here in the late 40s after World War II. And um, I grew up always knowing that if you wanted to assign the quality of somebody who is charming and mischievous and has a certain je ne sais quoi about them... Uh, that you you called them a bondit. She, I remember my mom when she watched uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Romeo and Juliet. She'd be like, "Oh, he's a bondit," and so I've I've a very nice understanding of what that is, and I think that Steve McQueen is absolutely that. Um, we were talking earlier about how uh, this movie kind of reminded me of Out of Sight, starring George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez, 
as a similar vein type of movie that was done much better. Oh. And I'm not, I, I'm not, you know, it's a newer movie, yes, but I'm going to show you out of sight and you'll see the difference. Oh. Fabulous. What a good script can do. What a good script can do. All right, so then that's going to be our next edition. Out of Sight. Out of Sight. Directed by Steven Soderbergh. You are out of sight, Norman Jewison. Hey, Norman Jewison, we love you. Say hello to your mother for me. Say hello to your mother for me. Yes. He's not a rooster. <laughs> Say hello to Mama La. <laughs> nah. All right. Much respect to Norman Jewison. Yes, we love you. All right, well, that'll do it then. Like Steve McQueen. <laughs> what is that? It's not a podcast till I sing badly. Steve oh, McQueen. That, that is a song. Yes, I'm not making things up. Are you paying for that song? No, we didn't sing more than three seconds of it, which is what you have to do in order to pay. Oh, really? Yep. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Cheryl Crow. More singing next time. All now right. that I know that rule. Yeah, yeah. Just All only right. three seconds at a time. Three seconds. Okay. Love you, people. Don't stop the set. The sun will come up. <laughs> no, I can do that. All, all right, day. we're done. No. All right, bye.